Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Uliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. Maybe you've heard some news that's taken away your hope. Maybe you've heard some news within your family, within your life that has created such shock within you that you just can't see past the bad news. Well, you're not alone. And the Bible talks about circumstances that come our way that cause us to lose hope. And the Bible gives many, many, many metaphors to this sense of hopelessness. In, 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 in Psalm 23, one of the metaphors that's given to hopelessness is the valley of the shadow of death. Psalm 23, verse 5, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And, and it creates this metaphor of a dark valley. And the dark valley has the sounds of death inside of it. But he's God's sense of wanting to give hope. But don't be afraid because I'm with you. Even though you go through the valley, uh, I'm, my rod and my staff, they comfort you. I'm with you. I'm present with you. Here's another, another metaphor, the wilderness. In, uh, in Jeremiah 17 verse 6, it gives the metaphor of the wilderness. And when we talk about a wilderness experience, we talk about going through a dry place, a tough place, and a place where there's not too much life, a lot of death. And, and some of us are going through wilderness experiences. Some of us are facing another metaphor called the battle. And uh, Paul tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our fight is not against, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. But, 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 I, but I love what it says in 1 Samuel 17, 47. It says, but the battle is the Lord's. And even in the midst of the battle, God's constantly wanting to put hope in us because whether it be the valley, whether it be the wilderness, whether it be the battle, it sucks hope, it sucks energy out of us. Here's another metaphor, the giants. Have you ever faced a giant? Have you ever faced a Goliath? Have you ever faced something that seems bigger than you? A circumstance that makes you feel so small and insignificant because it is huge and overbearing. Bible talks about giants. Bible talks about the trial of your faith in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. Five metaphors that talk about circumstances that come our way that trigger a loss of faith, a loss of hope, and a sense of hopelessness. No one is immune from getting bad news. And the Easter story is about the worst of news and the best of news all within three days. On the Friday, the bad news was Jesus is dead. And they opened a tomb and they put him in the tomb and they rolled a stone over the tomb and declared 
the Savior of the world is dead. That was the news on Good Friday. But Easter Sunday comes and the stone is rolled away. And now the news has changed from bad news to good news. He is no longer dead, but He is risen. And I want to say to you that it doesn't matter what news you are facing right now, your story is not yet over. Another news story is about to break. And the news story that's about to break is this, God has intervened into your situation. He's rolled the stone away. He has spoken to the spirit of death and said, be gone and has spoken life into your situation. How many of you are prepared today to hear a good news story? Amen. Let me read from Matthew 28, the Easter story. Matthew 28 says, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for He is risen. And your response is? I like that. You know the story. It's good. It's good to know the story. Yay. I love that. Even the... The rocks will cry out and the children will cry out. He is risen indeed. And um, come and see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee that you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. Mixed emotions, fear and great joy. And ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. What powerful words they are. Do not be afraid. Because so often we need that word of encouragement in our situation when we are facing death or when we're facing hopelessness, when we're facing trials or when we're facing giants or when we're facing battles or when we're facing the wilderness or when we're facing the valley of the shadow of death. Here's the word of the Lord. Do not be afraid, but go tell my brethren, to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. The word of the Lord for you today is this. The bad news has come, but the good news is coming. The death of Christ became the means of salvation for all who believe. But for too many, the death of Christ was the bad news. But for us, it's the good news. 
Because it's through His death that we have life. It's through His death that our sins are forgiven. He was the Passover lamb. He was the one who had to die for the sins of humanity. For us, the bad news is the good news. He shed His blood, but we sing that old hymn, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The bad news became the good news. It depends what perspective you're looking at. But what happened on Resurrection Sunday was this. A new chapter began. A brand new chapter began. And because that new chapter began, because Christ rose from the dead, we have the assurance that we too will rise from the dead. What a beautiful thing it is to have the assurance that death has been defeated. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55, death, where is your sting? The spirit of death has been defeated. And then we know this, that even if we die, yet shall we live. What's the worst thing that can happen to you? Well, we die. No, no, because if you die, you will live. And so what God does is that He enters your situation with hope, 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 hope. In life, there is hope. In death, there is hope. The word of the resurrection is, there is always hope to those who believe. And that is the good news. Come on, I want to say to you right now prophetically, get ready for some new chapters. As Resurrection Sunday was the beginning of the brand new chapter, God wants to speak to you prophetically and say, get ready for some new chapters to come your way. How many of you want some new chapters to come your way? Come on, the enemy wants to declare to you, your story is over. You've already lived your best life. And now all you've got to look forward to is death and destruction. Come on, I'm telling you, that's what the enemy wants you to believe. But God wants you to believe that while there is life, there is hope. And God wants to bring a new chapter into your world. And you say, but I can't see it. You don't have to see it. It's God who sees it. And when He sees it, He declares it into your life and He brings encouragement into your spirit and into your soul. Let me talk to you about four new chapters that are coming your way. Are you ready for it? I love this. The first new chapter, I call it the born again chapter. The born again chapter. Pastor Adrian spoke about it, that when he was six years of age, he got born again. I love the fact that we have children's church for our kids where they hear the gospel. And it's, and it's, it's a recognised fact that 80% of people who get saved as adults first heard the gospel as children. Isn't that an amazing thing? And so, yes, we do minister to children and we do encourage them to get born again. And Jesus said in John chapter 3, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. The greatest chapter that can ever open in your life is the chapter where you exit the kingdom of darkness and enter into the kingdom of God. And the, this is the gospel story. Everybody is born once, but if you want to enter heaven, you have to be born twice. And you say, well, how do I get born twice? Do I have to enter into my mother's womb a second time? That was Nicodemus's question. 
But Jesus is saying, no, 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 you don't understand what I'm talking about. The first birth is a physical birth. The second birth is a spiritual birth. To be born of the Spirit. To be born of the Spirit of God. Where something happens on the inside of you. You just do not have a religious experience. You have an encounter with the Spirit of God. We cannot force this. I cannot force this. I cannot force someone to get born again. I can't teach a catechism. Repeat these words after me. And if you repeat these words, you'll be right. Something has got to open on the inside of you. There's a spiritual awakening that happens on the inside of you. And I believe if you're here today, you're not here by chance. You're here because the Spirit of God has drawn you. To do what? To open up your spirit. To know God in a spiritual way. Born of the Spirit. Be born again. We are able to sing that beautiful old hymn of the church. How great thou art. From revelation, from an understanding that God is awesome. That God is amazing. That God is awesome. How many of you today can say from the depths of your heart, I've been born again by the Spirit of God. Give me a wave, all those. If you're lifting up your hands, come on, give Him a great big shout and a clap offering. That's by the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God. He's opened up your heart to salvation. That's that's. That's a beautiful chapter when that chapter happens. Can I talk to you another, about another chapter? I call it the Romans 8.28 chapter. I know, I know that there's a chapter in the Bible called Romans 8.28. But when you get the experience of Romans 8.28, where God turns things around, all things work together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. It's the turnaround. Where you're able to see that your bad stuff, God's turned around and made it good. That the stuff that you thought was going to kill you actually made you better. That the stuff that you thought was the end of you actually was the beginning of you. What an incredible thing it is when that chapter opens up and you get the revelation that, wow, the things that were meant for evil, God turned around and they became good. What an incredible revelation that is. And it opens up a whole new chapter. Some people never get that revelation and they live in the bitterness of negativity for the rest of their lives. And you watch them and they just become bitter and angry and resentful. And they've never allowed God to open the Romans 8.28 chapter for them. And all they've done is they've They've lived and they keep living in the chapter of betrayal, the chapter of resentment, the chapter of bad stuff happening. Can I just say to you that there is not one person, whether you be online or be here, that has not had bad stuff happen to them. I put up my hand. I've had bad stuff happen to me. I've had betrayal happen to me. I've had... Rip-offs happened to me. But you know what? That chapter finished. And God opened a new chapter called the Romans 8.28 chapter. And you know what? I find that I'm able to help you better because of my betrayals. I'm able to be a better pastor because of my pain. And God is able to turn it around and say, John, 
Let me take you to the next level, the Romans 8.28 chapter. How many of you want a Romans 8.28 chapter? How many of you want that? How many of you stop living? Come on, stop living in the past and open up a new chapter. Let me talk to you about the third chapter that God wants to open up for you. I call it the exceedingly above and beyond chapter. How many of you want that one, the exceedingly above and beyond chapter? Oh, if you're going to clap, make sure it's a good one. <laughs> uh, uh, come on. It is Easter Sunday after all. Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we ask or think. Come on. I love the fact that his name is El Shaddai, more than enough. Not our sufficiency, but the God of more than enough. I, I love the fact that when he says, John, I want to bless you. And he comes along, not just with the blessing, but above and beyond blessing and exceedingly above and beyond blessing. Come on, some of you have been just, just the just enough. You've just lived in the just enough zone. God's going to open up a new chapter for you. The more than enough zone is coming your way. How many of you need a more than enough blessing coming your way? Resurrection Sunday promises you more than enough. Come on, if you need a more than enough blessing, put your hand on your heart right now because I'm going to pray a more than enough blessing to come your way. Father, right now, you are El Shaddai. You are more than enough. And Lord, and I pray over every single person and exceedingly above and beyond blessing, not just sufficient, not just to get them over the line, but to get them way beyond the line into an incredibly abundant blessing in the mighty name of Jesus. Open up that chapter in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Let me give you the fourth chapter that God wants to open up for you. And I call this the becoming the sons and daughters of God chapter. Not just slaves, not just servants, but a son, daughter of God. John 1.12 says, to, have, to as many as received him, to them he gave the authority to become children of God. In Romans 8.15, it talks about that God has given us this, this incredible blessing to be able to call him Abba Father, Father God, Daddy God. This understanding that God has not just saved us to get us to heaven. It's not just, well, just to get in, just so that you can walk the streets of gold. No, no, no. He saved us to enter into this relationship called sons and daughters of God. Well, when we get to heaven, there'll be neither male nor female. So the true theological statement is sons of God. We shall be sons of God, children of God with incredible authority. Matter of fact, the authority is so powerful that we get adopted into God's family. And you can read this in Romans 8, 15, where we are actually called joint heirs with Christ. Think about that for a little while. Because too often we're back of the line people. We kind of, we kind of think that, well, if, if, even if I'm at the back of the line and I get in by the skin of my teeth, I'm okay with that. And God says, no, no. I haven't just destined you to be back of the line, skinny of your teeth, people. You're destined to be children of God, to live with Him forever, ruling and reigning with Christ forever. 
Come on, we need to change our concept from just getting saved, just making it, to understanding that God wants to elevate us into children's status, joined heirs with Christ status, ruling and reigning with Christ forever and ever, and begin to see that whatever you're going through is preparing you for eternity. Every trial, every tribulation that you're going through, God is going to use in order to help you be a better son, a better daughter in eternity, ruling and reigning with Him. You are right now learning things that's going to help you for eternity. Please don't discard the lessons. Please don't be so focused on getting it out of the way, getting it behind me, that you'll learn nothing from it. Because one day you'll be looking at all of the stuff that you've gone through and God being able to recycle and saying, this is going to help you now rule and reign with Christ for eternity because I didn't save you just to get you over the line. I've saved you to be with me as part of my family for eternity. I hope that this gives you hope today that God is not just wanting you to get through today so that I've just made it one more day. But I pray that Resurrection Sunday gives you hope to see not only is God going to help me through today, He's going to help me through tomorrow. He's going to help me through next month. He's going to help me through this year. He's going to help me through. Matter of fact, God's going to help me to my last breath on this planet and my last breath on this planet will be my first breath in God's presence and God's going to help me throughout eternity because when He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, He did not say that just for this life. He said it for eternity. I'm going to be with you forever. And the resurrection of Christ is not only a new chapter for Christ, it's a new chapter for you. It's a new chapter for me. It's a chapter of hope, a chapter that springs inside of us to say, if not even death could hold him down, what can hold me down in becoming all that God wants me to become? Amen. Can anybody say amen to that? Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.